Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. When you need wisdom on a matter or decision in your life, where do you go? Do you go to the world and the people of the world? Or do you go to your Heavenly Father in the Scriptures that you might gain heavenly wisdom into your situation? Let's open our Bible now to James chapter 1 and learn the proper way to gain wisdom as disciples of Jesus Christ. Well, good morning. It's actually Sunday morning today. It's around 8.45 in the morning in Texas. And this is a, uh, it's a unique recording time for us. We're doing the recording today as opposed to tomorrow, which is the normal day. We normally, we normally record on Mondays and Fridays, but uh, myself and my beautiful wife, May, and uh, two, two church friends are going on a road trip my beautiful sister Lisa and my uh, my brother Jason are uh, you know we're just headed off on a road trip. We're going to Branson, Missouri, just to have some fellowship in the Lord and just see what the Lord has for us. We have a just a, a wonderful Airbnb rented, and um, we're just going to fellowship together and uh, just see what the Lord has for us. So we're driving out uh, early this afternoon, and so. Here we are today, um, you know, doing the recording. As always, I appreciate Stephen and everyone in the IT team just, uh, just you know, making time to do this today. Uh, there is uh, there is a lot of work that goes into these things that uh, you know that goes beyond just you know me teaching the the scriptures. So, so thank you, Lord Jesus. Today, we're just going to pick up from where we left last time. Last time, we talked about James chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. And today, Lord willing, we'll get through verses 5, 6, 7, and 8. They are very famous verses um, for those who have spent, uh, you know, an average amount of time in your Bible. You'll have noticed these verses. Um, James is going to talk about, you know, approaching God for wisdom and, and how we need to do it and the heart we need to have in it. So we're going to go ahead and pray and we'll get rolling and uh, we'll read it and we'll get right into it. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your mercy and favor and goodness on our lives. We thank you for the word of God, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for your mercy and favor, and goodness, and love on our lives. Lord Jesus, we thank you for giving your life for us, and we thank you that you are alive and risen. Heavenly Father, we worship you, and we thank you, and we praise you. We thank you for your love, and mercy, and goodness on every aspect of our lives. Holy Spirit, we ask you to lead us and guide us now as we open the scriptures. We thank you, we praise you, we worship you, and we love you. In Jesus' name, Amen and amen. Okay, James chapter 1, verses 5 through 8. Verse 5, If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. 
But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt, because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all he does. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So, very interesting verses on, on how, again, we approach our Heavenly Father, you know, when we, when we want insight and wisdom and understanding on things. Remember, we, 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 we said in the first podcast that James is clearly speaking about the manner in which we handle trials and difficulties. Verse 2, remember, says, uh, the very, we talked about it being counterintuitive when it said, consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. And it's, it's very clearly counterintuitive to us because hardships and trials and difficulties and frustrations and irritations, uh, not only do we not consider them pure joy, we actually, regrettably, consider them pure misery. Um, and we spoke about how if we will begin to see that these trials are allowed into our lives by our Heavenly Father so that our faith can mature and grow and be refined, Chloe, right? Um, then, you know, we'll grow in having perseverance, this can-do attitude, this won't-quit attitude. And we can continue to grow in perseverance to where trials won't even feel like trials anymore in this life and just how... How amazing that would be. And in verse 4, James calls that maturity. He calls this Christian maturity. He says you'll become mature and complete, not lacking anything, when you've learned to grow and mature and go through trials and actually see them as a benefit to you and a benefit to me. Um, and I confessed in the last podcast that I'm certainly not there. Um, we did a, a Bible study yesterday with. Uh, you know, with just uh, just four on fire Christians, uh, uh, Peyton and Chloe and Benny and Ian, and uh, man, they did a great job yesterday. And particularly my man Ian. I mean, he was focused. He was locked in, and man, he knocked a cover off the ball. Um, for those who listen and are not f uh, are not familiar with the analogy. Uh, knock the cover off the ball. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a baseball analogy, Scott, um, to where when a, you know, when a batter in pro baseball, Matthew hits the ball so hard, so hard that, that he, he, he literally undid the stitching and the entire cover fell off the ball. And if you ever saw the the movie from like what is it thirty five years ago called The Natural, with Robert Redford, um, there was a scene in there where he he hit the ball so hard that the cover came off it, um, and that was my man Ian yesterday, and and just his answers were focused and they were clear, and uh, and man that's that's how we ought to do Bible study you know when you're studying the Word of God. You just want to be locked in and focused and, uh, you know, just, uh, just, uh, just, just thinking and applying yourself and, and just wanting to just really absorb and, uh, you know, just really just hear the Lord as you study his word. So thank you, Lord Jesus. Good job, guys. Great job, Ian. So with that backdrop of James trying to encourage us to 
to see the trials and the difficulties and the persecutions we go through in life, uh, not as just misery that needs to end, but as an opportunity to grow and mature and refine our faith. And as we do that, we'll develop this perseverance, right? Perseverance is when you're pressing on and moving forward um, in spite of difficulties. And then he says in verse 4 that when perseverance finishes its work, and this must happen, then, you know, you won't need this anymore. Wouldn't that be incredible if we could get to a place in this life that it's not necessary for us to go through trials or difficulties or persecutions or frustrations because our character is so much like Jesus, we, we can't tell the difference between when something's hard or when something's easy because we've become so one with Jesus Christ that whatever he has for us is what it is. And uh, that's just a, an amazing, exciting thought. And again, uh, Father, I ask you to forgive me because uh, this is certainly not where I am. I, uh, I'm still at a place, regrettably, that when I'm in a, a trial or a difficulty or a hardship or a, whatever I'm going through, that I, that I still want it to end more than I want to learn. And so uh, there's room for growth. So, Father, we do thank you and we praise you and we worship you. And again, Lord, we do ask you to help us to see our, uh, our trials and difficulties and to consider them pure joy. Father, we know they're not joy. We know we don't have to feel happy about them. But help us to look past the trial, Father, and to see the, the work that you're doing in our faith, the refining of our faith, the growing of our faith, um, and that as we go through it, Father, help us to see that we're growing to mature in perseverance. And Father, I do pray that perseverance would finish its work in us one and all in the body of Christ, that we would be mature and complete and not lacking anything. And uh, Lord Jesus, we do pray that, uh, that you would come. We say, come, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. All right, verse 5. So again, we have the backdrop of your going through trials. And then in verse 5, he says, If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. So when he says, If any of you lacks wisdom, in the context, Jose, you know, he's talking about lacking wisdom, you know, uh, in this immediate context regarding whatever trials or difficulties or hardships or frustrations or um, irritations, whatever have you, whatever trials you're going through, it says if you lack wisdom, you should ask God. Now, um, verse 5 doesn't explicitly say that you should just ask for wisdom in trials. In principle, we should always be going to our Heavenly Father, to the Lord Jesus, and to the Holy Spirit. You notice it says here, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God. Sometimes things say specifically the Heavenly Father. Sometimes they say Jesus. Sometimes they say the Holy Spirit. And all of them are God. We have a triune God. They are three individual entities that are, and all of them are God. All of them are all-powerful, all-knowing, and omnipresent. They're everywhere. Um. And here it says he should ask God. So you could ask God the Father for wisdom, God the Son, Jesus, for wisdom, and God the Holy Spirit for wisdom. 
So if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God. There are so many ways that, that, that I and we as the body of Christ lacks wisdom. The word lacks is an interesting word because he could have said if any of you lacks, and it could have been anything. There's an implication that one of the things we lack the very most as Christians, Stephen, is wisdom. Because when he said, if any of you lacks, I mean, you could have put almost anything after that. And we could have said he could ask God. So when the Holy Spirit was leading James to write this as the scripture, you remember in, in Proverbs chapter one, it says wisdom is, is supreme. The, uh, uh, the book of Proverbs says, I think it's chapter one. Um, so wisdom must be one of the single most important things for us to have. And it must be one of the things we're lacking most because he says, if any of you lacks wisdom and he, and again, we lack a lot of things, but if we could have wisdom and walk in wisdom, then that wisdom will straighten out almost everything else that we lack. So does that make sense? We lack many, many, many things as Christians. We're, 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 we're a fallen humanity. We have a sinful nature. Um, and because of that, we're not complete. And we won't be com you know, fully complete until we, until we move on from this life. But the more Christ-like wisdom we have, the more Jesus-centered wisdom we have, the more Word of God-centered wisdom we have, um, the more that will help us in every aspect of our lives. And in this contest, beginning with the trials and the difficulties you have going in your life, the hardships, the things that, that bring you down, the things that make you sad, the, the, the situations and circumstances in your life that have not gone as you would have liked or as you would have hoped, um, in all these things, we should go to Jesus Christ. Whatever's going on in your life today, and in this we're talking about in the way of difficulty, whatever it is, it can be spiritual, physical, emotional, financial, or relational difficulties, trials, hardships, whatever it is, where is the first place you go? Where do you go for comfort? Where do you go for fulfillment? Where do you go to feel better? Where do you go for wisdom? And regrettably, and I confess, I, I, I often do this myself. Um, we, we often, instead of going to Jesus and starting with Jesus and walking with Jesus and ending with Jesus through the entire thing, regrettably, often we'll, we'll go to the world and the ways of the world and the people of the world. And we'll look for wisdom there. And, and ultimately, that will always fail. And when I say the world, I'm talking about non-Christians. I'm talking about the world system. I'm talking about people who are not living their lives in any way um, devoted to Jesus Christ. People who have not bent the knee and given their lives to Jesus Christ. People who have not received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and are trying to live their lives for him and in him and through him and to him. Um, 
unfortunately, most Christians, when they have trouble, they don't go to Jesus. They don't go to their heavenly father. They don't go and, and ask the Holy Spirit's leading and guidance. The Bible says the Holy Spirit is our, is our guide and our counselor. He's also our comforter. The Holy Spirit, God, the Holy Spirit. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God. So let's begin today. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We have hope, right, Jason? We have hope that wherever you're lacking wisdom, again, in trials and anywhere else, begin today a process where you will invite Jesus into the situation, where you're going to whatever it is, before you do anything else, you're going to go to Jesus and say, Lord Jesus, you know, I'm, I'm hurt. I'm confused. Um, I don't understand what happened. Um, this is not how I thought this would go. This is not how I thought this relationship would go. Um, Lord, I, I don't understand why this happened with my job. Um, Lord, my finances are, are, are not as how I would suspect it and like it. I'm really struggling here. Lord, I'm just emotionally down. I'm upset. I'm depressed. Father, I'm not feeling your presence spiritually. Whatever the issue is, spiritually, physically, emotionally, financially, or relationally, Melanie, whatever it is, bring it to Jesus first. Go to your heavenly Father. Go to the Holy Spirit and whatever it is and, and have a conversation. In my study for this, I was, uh, I was, I was studying in preparation for this, and, and Charles Spurgeon, who was a uh, one of the, one of the most, uh, you know, profound and dynamic and sound Bible teachers that ever lived that we're aware of, um, you know, he was exhorting his people that when you go to your Father to ask for wisdom or Jesus or the Holy Spirit. Lay out the case entirely as you would uh, a very close personal friend or counselor. When you go to a very uh, close personal friend or counselor and you're looking for wisdom, you know, you'll generally lay out all the details of what the situation is. And, you know, they're a good listener and they'll listen and they're going to try to process what you're saying and then give you counsel. So, as you would do that with a close friend or, or, or counselor um, or therapist, uh, hopefully all Christian counselor, you know, Christian therapist, Christian friend, um, that's going to give you uh, counsel based on the word of God. But as you would do that with them, that's how you want to do it with God. That's how you want to go to your heavenly father and, and just really speak to him as if you have intimate relationship with him, because you do in Jesus Christ have intimate relationship with him, speak to him and lay out the situation for him in great detail as you would a counselor. But then you want, you know, in a counselor, you're looking for their counsel. And so you want to do the same thing with, with, you know, when you come to Jesus, when you come to your heavenly father, when you come to the Holy Spirit, as you've laid it out before them, you then ask and pray, you know, that, that, that he would direct you and guide you and give you wisdom and insight and understanding, you know, into the situation and how he would have you to proceed. What is his will? It's, it's imperative 
that when you go to God, and he's going to talk about in verse 6, 7, and 8, how the reason we don't receive wisdom when we do ask for wisdom or insight from God, verse 6, 7, and 8 are going to be devoted to why when we pray for wisdom, um, or really anything, um, why we don't receive it. Um, and he's going to talk about that, and we're going to get into that here in verses uh, 6, 7, and 8. Um, and so you go before your Lord, your Savior, your Master, your King, your Heavenly Father, the Holy Spirit. You lay out your situation of what you're going through. You, you speak to him about it. And then you, then you, then you ask him for, for his direction and will. But when you ask for his direction and will, you have to be prepared to walk out the wisdom that he gives you because the wisdom he gives you and the wisdom he gives me, uh, Ireland, is, is regrettably oftentimes not what I want. Does that make sense, May? When we go to our Heavenly Father and ask for wisdom, he's going to give us wisdom based on the Word of God and the Son of God and His nature and who He is. It's going to be a God-centered wisdom, not a, a, a uh, man-centered wisdom. It's not going to be a worldly wisdom. And so when we ask, we have to ask in faith that we want the will of God to come. We want God's wisdom to come to us. And that's, of course, going to be His will. And so if we go to God and we want wisdom, but we want the wisdom to be according to our will or our ways or our desires, uh, certainly don't expect to receive anything, as he's going to say in verse 6. Hopefully that makes sense. Um, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God. Not might, you should. The first place you go is to your heavenly Father, to the Lord Jesus, to the Holy Spirit. That's where you go. And it says, who gives generously to all without finding fault. You could ask over and over and over and over. You don't have to think, you know, like in human beings sometimes, when you go, say, to a counselor or a friend, you know, if we go to them 10 times in a week, we can start wearing them out, right? They can start getting tired and and uh, and worn out and, you know, they, they can feel drained, or some of us can feel drained when people come to us over and over and over and over. Hopefully, we still love them. We still try to serve them. But we can feel like we don't have a whole lot to give. That's not the case with your Heavenly Father, y'all. He gives generously to all. You could go to him over and over and over and over, Lisa. And keep asking and keep asking. And you'll never wear him out. He'll never get tired of listening to you, Jason. Um, he, he'll, he'll always just want to listen and be with you and generously give you his insight, his wisdom, his word, um, in response to your, to your desire to have it. He loves it. He loves it. I mean, think about y'all with your children or your grandchildren. If they come to you and they want, they want wisdom and it could be natural children or spiritual children. Don't you just desire to give that to them? But your heavenly father will, will, will always give it to you. And he'll continue to give it to you generously. It'll never run out. You never have to worry and say, well, I already came to you too many times, father. 
Lord Jesus, I don't want to wear you out. No, 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 no. He'll give generously to you. And it says he'll give generously to all without finding fault. It's so amazing. It's so, it's so exciting rap, right? Um, I mean, Esther, he's not going to hold against you. You know, all the things you've done wrong in your life when you go to him and ask for wisdom. He's not going to say, you know, he's not petty. Uh, he's not an I told you so God. He's not going to say, oh, so now you want, you want wisdom from me, Scott, when you don't obey me in any aspect of your life. He's not like that. If you go to him humbly, obviously when you go to our heavenly father, we want to go to him in humility. He's God. We're not. Um, when you come before the Lord Jesus, you do it in a certain humility that he's God, the Holy Spirit, God. And they're not going to, to just tell you that, well, you have all these faults, so I don't know why you're asking me for wisdom. They're not going to find fault. They're not going to bring up your past. Remember, uh, the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, will never, ever condemn you. They'll never, ever shame you. They'll never, ever guilt you. These things, shame, condemnation, and guilt, are not from God. They're from the enemy, the devil, and demons in your flesh. So there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Romans 8.1, there's no shame in Jesus. There's no guilt. You remember in the Hebrew book, we said that Jesus scorned the shame. There is conviction. The Holy Spirit will come and he will convict us when we've been out of place. But when we're going to, to ask our father for wisdom, he's not going to mention your faults and all that you've done wrong. Uh, most of the time, the reason I do need wisdom is because I have made some mistakes and done some things wrong. Now, again, I need wisdom even when I haven't made mistakes. But he's not going to find fault. And, I mean, that's a message to us as Christians as well, y'all. When people come to us for wisdom, and obviously now, you know, when someone comes to us together, we should go to our Heavenly Father seeking wisdom, right? Um, any wisdom we give, when you go to your Heavenly Father trying to apply this verse, the first place he's going to point you is the Word of God. If, if your answer and it very often is, and most often is, is just plain. The wisdom that you need in your situation is almost all the time, certainly and directly and completely in your Bible. Now, if you're, if you're not someone who's given yourself to your Bible, go to someone who has spent time in the Bible. And, and that person ought to give you wisdom without finding fault. They ought not say to you, well, you know, if you studied your Bible more, you know this. That's certainly true. And so you do want to spend time in your Bible. But, but as you spend time in your Bible, you want to help people get the wisdom of God. Does that make sense? You don't want to just find fault with it. You want to go and it's wonderful. So you can go with your brothers and sisters in Christ and you should and pray together for wisdom on matters. But almost all the time, the wisdom is going to be found in your Bible. In principle, it'll always be found in your Bible. Meaning the answer, if it's not directly in there, it'll be in there in principle. Whatever wisdom you need. And so the first place you go for wisdom is the word of God. Right? Now again, you still go to your father. You still pray. You lay out the situation as we talked about. Um, 
And then you can go to a brother or sister in Christ who you know um, has given themselves and spent time in the Bible and say, you know, I'm looking for wisdom on this. Can you help me with our Father's will? And the first place you're going to go, the primary place you're going to go every single time is the scriptures, is the word of the living God. Okay. Now I will say this. If you do not know Jesus Christ as your savior, you cannot receive any of this. You cannot receive anything from God until you know Jesus Christ. Unfortunately, until you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, until you receive Jesus and called on him. Romans 10, 13 says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Have you called on Jesus? Have you asked Jesus to come into your heart, Scott, and to be the Lord of your life and to save you from your sin? Have you literally prayed and called out to him and said, Lord Jesus, come into my heart, save me from my sin, be the Lord of my life, bring me to heaven when I die? Have you called out to him, Abraham? When we do that, when we, by putting our faith and trust and confidence in Jesus alone to save us from our sin and be the Lord of our life, when we do that, the Spirit of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit, comes and lives inside of us, becomes one with us in spirit. He gives us new life, new spiritual life. And in that life, and only in that life, can our Heavenly Father communicate with us. Only in that life can he give us wisdom. Only in that life of Jesus Christ can the word of God mean anything to us. We have no hope of this outside of Jesus Christ. Only in Jesus Christ can we receive anything from our Heavenly Father, because if we're not in Jesus Christ, God is not our Heavenly Father. God is our, our, our judge. And that's, that's a scary thing. Because the Bible is clear that all humanity is sinful. And only in Jesus Christ can we be saved from our sin. And without that, then Almighty God, as opposed to being a loving Heavenly Father, um, will be our judge. And unfortunately, the Bible says uh, we will be under his wrath. We're in Jesus Christ. We're under his love. So... Any of these verses, going through trials, seeking wisdom, it can only be in Jesus Christ. Only in Jesus Christ. So if you haven't called out to him, do it now. Pause this podcast, go back, pray, ask Jesus to come into your heart and be the Lord of your life. And then you'll have the foundation for all of this. Without that, none of this matters. Nothing matters. There is no meaning in life outside of Jesus. And the scriptures make that clear. So again, you want to go to your father, you can go to him over and over. He's a generous father. He, all he wants to do is give. The famous verse, John 3, 16, uh, for God so loved the world, Johnny D, that he gave his only begotten son, right? That he gave, that he gave, that he gave. He's a giver. All he wants to do is give. And he doesn't find fault when he gives. He's not just holding your past over your head. And it says it will be given to him. Verse 6, when he asks, he must believe and not doubt, because he who doubts is like the wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. Verse 7, that man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all he does. So we can see 
that these next three verses talk about, you know, what it means to try to go to your heavenly father and what it means to doubt. Now, the first thing it means, the first thing it means when he says, but he must ask, he must believe and not doubt is, do you believe in Jesus? Do you have Jesus? Have you received Jesus as your Lord and savior? Because if you haven't, you're absolutely a double-minded man or woman. You're dead in your sin. You're spiritually dead. The spirit, the spirit of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, does not live in you. So you cannot receive anything from God. You cannot. It's not possible because God is spirit and he communicates to you in spirit. And when you receive Jesus, the spirit of Jesus comes and joins himself to your spirit. You're one with Jesus Christ in spirit. You're married to Jesus. You're part of the, the bride of Christ. And the spirit of God communicates with your spirit, the truth of God, the word of God. And in this, in this context, the wisdom of God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Pow, pow, pow. Wow. Does that make sense? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. That makes sense, Robin? Um, so when he says, but when he asks, he must believe and not doubt. First of all, if you're going to, going to your heavenly father, if you're going to God, it has to be in Jesus Christ and through Jesus Christ. We, we can receive nothing. Jesus said, you can ask me anything in my name and I'll do it. Without Jesus, the, the father can't even hear your prayer. He won't. It's only in Jesus Christ. The only prayer he'll hear if you're not in Jesus Christ. And I know this is hard. I don't like it. But I'm just teaching what the Bible says. If you're not in Jesus Christ today, the only prayer he's going to hear from you is that you receive Jesus. And then when you've done that, he'll hear every prayer you could ever imagine forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Isn't that exciting? But it always has to be in Jesus and through Jesus. God has given his word. That's what the scriptures say. It's only in Jesus. So, but when he asks, he must believe and not doubt, because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think he'll receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all he does. So again, if you're not in Jesus, you're unstable in all you've done. Okay, It's only in Jesus Christ that a foundation and stability can come in your life. Only in Jesus Christ. Okay, Now, as Christians, sometimes... We can still do this. Sometimes as Christians, we can still doubt. If you're in Jesus Christ today, you should have no doubts that, that, the, that the, the, the primary and only place you go for wisdom is the Son of God and the Word of God. The only place you go for wisdom is your Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The only place you go for wisdom, of course, is you can go to your brothers and sisters in Christ, those who have walked in Christ and who, who have more wisdom than you, and you can go to them and they can help you. But we do not go to worldly people, worldly counselors who give worldly ways and worldly ideas. Does that make sense? We don't go to people for counsel that are going to give us counsel contrary to the word of God and the son of God in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now, I want to be clear when I say this. It, this does not mean that, that, that there are things in the world that have been invented that, that have been invented by the mercy of God 
that that we can't use to find wisdom. What am I saying? It's okay to go to the internet if you feel physically sick and Google what's wrong. Obviously, you'd want to pray, but sometimes your father will lead you to say, you know, man, I have this this pounding in my head. Pound, pound, pound. I don't know what's happening. I don't know there's something in there, but just kind of in the back of my head, it, it hurts a little bit. I don't know what's going on. And you, and, and you pray to God, and, and all of a sudden you go to Google and say, I have this thing in my head, and Google says it's called a headache. And you can go take something called Tylenol, right? Tylenol, Advil, right? And so we're not saying that all these things are wrong. But the point is, if you go to the Lord, and let's say you did not know that, you know, I use that as an example because I've been blessed that I haven't had really struggled with headaches. I didn't even know what it was um, until I was an adult. Um, <laughs> I might have been 35 years old before I knew what a headache was. Um, I'm 51 years old now. And, and by the mercy of God, I, I, that's not an issue I have. But do you see what I mean? So it's not that the Lord, you know, won't allow you to utilize the things that worldly people use. He, he will never have you do things sinfully or do things, uh, engage in sinful acts. But to take a Tylenol is not sinful. If, if somebody has diabetes, it's good for them to go to the doctor. It's good to them to, to receive the medical help for the science that the Lord has given us in his grace. We wouldn't have anything if not for Jesus. We wouldn't have the science we have. We wouldn't have the medicine we have. We, we would have nothing. Now, again... In all these things, you should first go to the Lord. You should seek his wisdom. And in that wisdom, he may heal you without a doctor. Or he may, in his wisdom, show you the doctor he wants to go to. But you're always wanting to do it in the wisdom of the word of God and in the son of God. And again, you want to go to him. You want to lay out your case. You want to seek his wisdom. And you should have no doubt that your heavenly father loves you that he understands your problem, and he wants to give you that wisdom. So as a Christian today, do you have any doubt that your Heavenly Father loves you completely, that he knows what you're going through? He wants you to bring your case before him and whatever is going on, good or bad, and he wants you to come to him with a heart that you really do want it. And if you have that, then you're not double-minded. But some people, they don't believe that the Lord loves them and wants to give them wisdom. There is a double-mindedness there. Some people don't believe God can give them wisdom. That's obviously double-minded. Some people sometimes believe, well, God can do it. And then other times they believe, yeah, I don't know if God can do that or not. I don't know if Jesus really can do that. That's like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. One day you think the Lord can. One day you think he can't. One day you think he wants to. The next day you think, yeah, I'm not sure. Um, one day you're going before him and you're wanting his counsel and his ways based on his word. And then another time you, you're, you're listening to people who are contrary to the word of God, who are giving you sinful counsel, telling you to do sinful things. You know, um, father, I'm really struggling now. I'm, I'm down. I'm depressed. What do I do? Um, world, so a worldly person says you may just need to go out and get drunk every night. Um, and you know, and uh, just engage in that and you'll feel better. Obviously, that's not the will of God or the word of God. Okay. I'm not saying you can't have a glass of wine. I'm simply saying that when you want your heart to be completely given and totally given 
to the word of God, the son of God, and the ways of God, the spirit of God, and your heavenly father. And if you'll do that, you're not double-minded. Because in a double-minded state, again, a state where you're half in and half out, half believing the best way to go is in Jesus, but then on another day, the best way to go is not Jesus, then that's what it means to be double-minded. That's what it means to be unstable. So hopefully that makes sense. Um, you want your foundation. It must be in Jesus Christ. And in everything that you do, you want to make Jesus a part of it. Invite Jesus in it. Everything that we do will be a little more cool. Uh, uh, it'll be a lot more cool. It'll be more exciting as we learn to bring Jesus into it. And as you do that, you'll cultivate your relationship with your heavenly father. You'll grow in, in your relationship with Jesus. You'll grow to know the Holy Spirit. You'll grow to be led by the spirit of God and the word of God instead of our own ideas, our own, our own uh, thoughts. Or, or be led by the world or, or be led by the enemy, the devil and demons. You want to be led by the word of God, the son of God, the spirit of God, and God our Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Um, and again, the more you do this, the more that uh, you'll be less and less and less double-minded, the more certain you'll be that Jesus is the only answer. And in that state, you cannot be a double-minded man or a double-minded woman. It doesn't mean that you're going to be perfect in all these things. It doesn't mean that you won't have times that you're down. It doesn't mean that, that, that you have this perfect faith. He already said in verse 3 that you're developing and, and refining your faith, and that's developing as your, as your faith is tested. Um, you know, it's making your faith stronger, right? It's refining it, um, and that's developing perseverance, well, thank you, Lord Jesus, Father. We just thank you for this incredible word of God in James. Holy Spirit, we worship you and we thank you and we praise you. Lord Jesus, we ask you to help us, Lord, wherever we lack wisdom, Lord. We know we lack a lot of things, Lord, but as we, as Lord, we grow in wisdom, as we seek your wisdom and the wisdom of your word and the wisdom of your ways and, Father, the wisdom of your Son and your Holy Spirit, Father, we know all these other things will, will fall into place. Father, help us to ask you and go to you that knowing you are our foundational and primary source. And Father, when we seek counsel to seek others who know you and love you in whatever we're going through, spiritually, physically, emotionally, financially, relationally, help us to go to you, Father, not only, Lord, in trials and difficulties, but in, in good things, Lord. If we're, wherever we're trying to seek you, if we're, if we're looking to purchase a new home, if we're thinking maybe we need to move to a, another state and country, Lord, um, help us to go to you for wisdom, Lord. And help us to do it moment by moment, day by day, all day, Father. For you give generously to us, and we know, Father, you're not holding our sins against us as your children in Jesus Christ our Lord. Father, when we go to you, I ask you to help us to be detailed when we talk to you, just like we would be detailed when we were explaining our circumstance or situation to a close friend or counselor. And Father, I ask you to help us and forgive us in the ways that we have doubted, in the ways we've been like a wave tossed and blown here and there by the wind. Forgive us, Father, um, you know, when we've been double-minded. Help us, Father. 
to, to, to believe and to be firm and established in our faith in Jesus Christ, our Lord, and in the truth that you are our only God and Father, that Jesus, you are our only Master and King and Savior and Holy Spirit, you are our only God and Counselor and Comforter. Father, we love you, we bless you, and we thank you. We commit this time into your hands. We thank you for the amazing word of God. And above all, we thank you for the Son of God, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior and Master and King and God. Holy Spirit, it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. For more information about our ministry, please visit www.kingdomd.org. If you'd like to email us directly, you can reach us at contact at kingdomd.org.